This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G Sports.com. You know we're going to talk about this Arkansas-LSU game. Arkansas winning 16-13 in Baton Rouge. What a great game. Physical battle. We're going to talk Danny West. We're going to talk with Danny West about recruiting. And we're also going to jump into a little bit about Razorback basketball. Your questions as well from your number one independent source on the Razorbacks. This is Hawk Sports Live. Oops. Oops. All over the place. Before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always, of course, tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already with 80,000 other Razorback fans. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to throw us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Let other people know what to think. Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you think of, find your favorite podcast. Hogsports.com is just $1 right now for your first month at HAWGsports.com. Be sure to go over there and check out what we've got for you. A lot of big basketball stuff coming up with Curtis Wilkerson. He's uh, he's our main basketball guy, does a great job. And, of course, football and recruiting stuff. You need a VIP membership uh, to check out all that stuff. Sorry about promoting the website. I just want to say this because I have one loyal listener, and I really appreciate you listening. This just made me think of this because he was like, you know, it's kind of annoying with you promoting the website all the time on the show. And I just want to say the only reason that I do this show is to promote the website. Like this – this show might make like minimum wage when I think about all that I put into it. It might be minimum wage that I make. Probably not even that. Um, so if I ever stop promoting the website, it's because I stopped doing this show. That's that's the only reason. And we want you to look at this show and say, hey, this, you know, I enjoy this, whatever. Uh, let's go check out what he's got at the website. See if it's something I might be interested in. It's just $1 right now. So I just wanted to make that point. You know, the, we're not doing this show because we're making a bunch of money on YouTube ad revenue. That's not the case at all. It's just we're promoting the website. That's why that's the whole reason for all of this. This whole reason for the walk and talk. This whole reason for this show. I think my ad revenue on the walk and talk on Saturday was $24, by the way. So I'm just, just pointing that out, okay? Not trying to make a bunch of money on this show. Trying to promote the website. The only reason. Appreciate you watching. I didn't mean to call you out or anything like that. I'm just saying. All right. Where do we start? We can start with basketball, but let's start with football. Well, I've got all my basketball stuff keyed up. Now let's go to football. You're here for football. Because if you're here for basketball, you'd be watching Hog Hoops Live with Curtis Wilkerson, which has been airing on Wednesdays. I'm not sure when we're going to air that this week because we got the basketball game on Wednesday. Uh, but be sure to follow Curtis Wilkerson at Kurt Wilkerson for all of his in-depth basketball coverage. He had a busy, busy day on Saturday, and we'll get to some of that stuff here in a minute. But Curtis, obviously, that's why we have Hog Hoops Live. So Arkansas 16-13 winners over the LSU Tigers. Great game. A game I said before on the walk and talk is a kind of the style of game that I miss this day and age. Now we got to see it, I guess, the week before with LSU and Alabama, and now in this one, uh, what a battle! I, I never felt good after that first series. Just like man, they can't get anything going. 
Um, they're just getting stuff. The screen game isn't working. The screen game should be there, and it's not working. We talked to Sam Pittman a little bit about that again today, and you know, just mentioned. And you go back and watch that. You know, it's like nobody's nobody blocks on this play. You know, they're like Rocket Sanders, his only play. I believe it was Dalton Wagner's going out to block on the screen and doesn't hit anybody. Otherwise, it's a seven-yard pickup. And there are things like that a lot, you know. Um, I w- it should it should have it felt like it took like right when you get to that um, where they had Terry and Davis Price lined up in the Wildcat, which they apparently haven't done all year. They got a bad snap. Arkansas recovers it, and then Arkansas after that starts getting some first first downs. Has their first third down conversion. It took a little bit of a momentum swing like that to get Arkansas going, and really took maybe that time to figure that for them to figure out that like you know KJ is the offense in this game. Uh, but that just goes back to what we say so many times in games like this: tight, tightly contested games. It comes down to mistakes and capitalizing on the mistakes. And LSU had what three turnovers. You know, uh, that was a big one. But they had the turnover at the end of the game that cost them the game. I mean, that ultimately cost them the game. I mean, there were some things that, you know, played out after that, obviously with Arkansas having to score, kicking a field goal. But uh, Monteric Brown picking that pass off, that was the game. So it's all about – it's all about battling, first of all, keeping the game in a position where you can win it. And then when it comes down to it, capitalizing on your opponent mistakes. KJ was 15 rushes for 41 yards, the leading rusher and the leading passer, 18 of 25 for 142 yards. Traylon Burks was limited to four catches for 16 yards. I mean, they were just whatever they whatever was going to happen, they were taking Traylon Burks out of it. They were doing whatever they could um, with uh, well, you know shadowing him, everything. And today was it today? He was left off the Bolitnikoff Award watch list, the finalist. He's not a semifinalist, excuse me, is what I should say. He's not a semifinalist. Maybe the most talented wide receiver in the entire country is not a semifinalist for the Bolitnikoff Award because they don't look at, like, you know, what the defense is doing to try to take away, what the defense is sacrificing, you know. It's unfortunate because Arkansas isn't a heavy passing offense. It's just not how the thing, the team is built this year. But um, Traylon Burks deserves to be a semifinalist. His numbers are still absurd, even though – uh, LSU did everything that they possibly could to take him out of the game. Arkansas is ranked in the AP Top 25. Arkansas basketball and football are ranked in the AP Top 25 in the first time in like 20 years. Arkansas is 21st in the AP, 22nd in the USA Today coaches poll. I would assume that since they made such a leap like that, that maybe they're inside the top 20 when the college football playoff rankings come out on Tuesday. They're number 23 in the ESPN.com power rankings, and they're not in the joke of an ESPN FPI, which has got to be like – like you, if you're ESPN, you're looking at your football power index formula, and you've got to be saying like, uh, we got to scrap this. We need a new formula. And I'm going to tell you why. First of all, Arkansas is not ranked in it, which is – that's one thing. The next thing is the number 25th ranked team – in the football power index, a team that has lost five straight games is Texas. They're 25th. Florida, y'all see what Florida did? They won 70-52 to 52 and celebrated like it was club dub. Florida is 22nd. Auburn's 6-4, tw- and four, Auburn's 21. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. 
It doesn't make any sense. You you mess the formula up. Somebody put somebody put a plus sign where there's supposed to be a pi logarithm something, and the formula is not right. I know math. I know how math works. Anyway, they got it right in their more or closer to right in their power their you know football power rankings. I guess this is man made though, so they actually you know, can look at it. But Arkansas is 23, but they're behind Texas A&M, which has an identical record. And Arkansas beat Texas A&M on a neutral field. And beat them, you know, solidly. Wasn't like a blowout, but they beat them by two scores. Bowl projections are out for after week 11. Arkansas playing Wisconsin. That'd be fun. And Nashville, the Music City Bowl. Now, We'd all like some warmer weather or, or maybe a dome stadium, obviously. But Nashville, I looked it up. I think it's December 30th when that game's played, maybe December 31st. But um, that time of year, the average temperature is about 50 degrees, so that wouldn't be the end of the world. It's a 3 o'clock kickoff. That wouldn't be too bad, as much as we wouldn't mind going to Tampa or something like that. That wouldn't be too bad. Nashville's a cool town to go to. Okay, I wanted to pop into basketball real quick before we get to Danny West. And we're going to get to your questions, too, so go ahead and get those in. But Arkansas won 86-69 on Saturday. Kind of overlooked a little bit because of the football game, and it's Gardner-Webb. But uh, Arkansas holds steady in the uh, AP Top 25 at number 16 right now. And in the CBS Top 25-1, and one, which is a, a poll I enjoy because we are CBS, Arkansas is 10th. I'm not so sure that they deserve to be 10th. I don't think that Arkansas right now would beat some of the other teams ranked similar because they've got so much gelling left to do. Now, we saw them go on a nice run when they had like four returning guys with Stanley Amude in there. But overall, I don't know. I think 10 might be a little bit high for them right now. That's going to be an unpopular opinion. Now, I think that they've got the pieces. I think they've got the pieces to do a lot of damage to have like an excellent, like even better than last year type of team. But right now, I don't know if they're top 10. They still got a gel. One of the stories I love that Curtis did is uh, after Arkansas, Arkansas signed all their committed players now. That's Nick Smith on uh, Saturday, which Nick Smith signed right in the middle of the football game, I guess, news cycle. Got to get a better idea of the news cycle for that NIL stuff. Um, but Arkansas signed Nick Smith on Saturday, and then Sunday, Darian Ford signed. So that was the fifth, fourth and fifth guys in the class. So they're all on board now. Arkansas is the number two ranked recruiting class in the entire country. Number two. We can look at it real quick. Nick Smith is the number eighth ranked player in the country. Jordan Walsh is the number 26-ranked player in the country. Both those guys are five stars. Darian Ford is number 54 nationally, combo guard, four-star. Barry Dunning out of Mobile, Alabama, is number 87 nationally, four-star. And Joseph Pinion out of Moralton is number 89 nationally, four-star. And they're not done. Still Anthony Black out there that they have their eye on. Okay. I told Danny to be about 2.30 when I get to him. And that's what time it is. So, we're going to jump over to Danny West, talk to him a little bit about Razorback recruiting, his thoughts on the game. Danny, I believe, is 8-2 and two 
on the year on predicting Arkansas games, and that also includes the point spread. So Danny has figured it out this year. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. It's lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, what's up, Trey? How's it going, Danny? I was just telling everybody how you're 8-2 and two straight up and against the spread this year on Arkansas games. Is that right? Yeah. Leading yeah, the pack. I mean, I gotta get better, man. Gotta get better. <laughs> Got to get perfect. A couple of, <laughs> man, I'd like to. I felt like I was – I felt good about every pick I've made. I, mm. I'll put it that way. At Auburn, kind of got away from me a little bit. Yeah, well, that was that was a tough one. I mean, you figured returning home and, um, you know, some things just didn't go their way. Danny, yeah. um, did you feel good about Arkansas's chances in this game, the way it was playing out that first quarter? Oh heck no, man! Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't feel. You, you feel were just waiting. You were just waiting for the top to come off for LSU. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I, I will say this, Trey. Last week I jumped on here with you, and I, I questioned whether or not LSU would, you know, if they would let go of the rope or yeah. not. Got to give those guys a lot of credit. I don't know you what really they're do. telling them down there, but that's an impressive job. They must really, really care about that guy. So hats mm-hmm. off to them. It, it would have been really easy to lay down, but. You know, I thought the defense was um, outstanding. Uh, I sit here and rewatch the game. Uh, the, I may be on my third time now, Trey, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. But, uh, you know, just highlights, not the full game. But Grant Morgan and Monteric Brown were just yeah. – they were out of their mind, weren't they? They played great. And, and you know, Arkansas was, you know, manned up on those guys. And they brought more mm-hmm. pressure than they had before. So, uh, it was good. They needed those guys, both those and, – and, hey, Hudson Clark too. I mean, what did you oh, see? Yeah. Did you see Hudson Clark giving up a bunch of big plays? I didn't. You know, I know everybody was like, oh, where's Ladarius? You know, but uh, sure. yeah, I mean, everybody on defense <laughs> played extremely well. I mean, you got to be pleased with that if you're a Razorback fan, Sam Pittman or a player. Um, but yeah, I, I, you never felt good about it. Just You're just kind of waiting for, for things to go south, but they kept battling. And you're right about LSU not letting go in the rope. There's, there's absolutely some credit that needs to be given there because, I mean, it's, it's one we – it's why we don't let our kids quit the soccer team in the middle mm-hmm. of the season, you know, when they're five years old. It's because the first time you quit, it gets a little easier to quit that second time. And then all of a sudden you're just a quit. So 
And Arkansas, we saw that with Chad Morris. There's no question those players quit on those coaches. We're seeing it with Florida right now. Now, they battled back and beat Samford, but I don't know if there's much to say about battling back. They gave up 52 damn points to an FCS team <laughs> and gave up more points in the first half than they ever have. They've I mean, quit. Texas has quit. A whole bunch of quitters. Right oh, Texas has quit right so badly. I'll tell you two bad takes I had. That, you know, Bo Davis – I thought Bo Davis's speech might fire some people up a little bit, but uh, it did not. Uh, they lost to Kansas. Um, and uh, and then Dan Mullen, I was saying – I was basically just saying, like, with Dan Mullen, like, everybody's – you know, he has one bad season and everybody's on his butt. But um, – and you, much you, you deeper know, than that, ain't it? It's so much deeper than that. I mean, this—he's lost the team. I mean, there's, there's no question. They, I mean, except for you know the party, the club dub party they had in the in the locker room after beating an <laughs> FCS team, which is just absurd. Like, people need to have some. It's like no, no, you got to know the Breathe crowd. The room a little bit. No, yeah, know Breathe the audience the a little bit. Florida fans are going to see that, and any self-respecting Florida fan is going to be irate over something like that. Like worse than losing. To celebrate he, a win like he that, was, he was done when he made that comment about recruiting. Yeah, I, I said it right then. He's he's toast. And why did he say so. that? Did you go back and look, Danny? Did you listen <laughs> to his yeah. comments about recruiting after the Georgia game last year? Yeah. All he wanted uh, to talk no, about no. was recruiting. It was just a, oh, yeah, it was sure. a stupid yeah, thing to that. say. It was a stupid thing to say. That in a large way, stuff like that is what costs you your job. John L. Smith going smile. Yeah. I mean that. People don't forget that. It was done. It was done when you told everybody to smile after getting your butt kicked against Alabama, yeah. no matter what you'd done after that. You know, and he's trying to win the job. And I mean, it was done before that. I mean, they'd lost to Louisiana Monroe and everything. But um, anyway, like, you got to read the room, man. I mean, you can't be celebrating like that after a win over Portland State or a win over Samford or, you know, any of that. And, you know, it's it always happens too, you know, like – you know, when, when Brett was going through so much trouble and a lot of people were like, yeah, he'll get one more year, he'll get another year mm-hmm. to fix it. Not in this day and age. This day and age, it happens It happens the year before you start That's thinking right. it's going gonna, it's gonna to go That's bad. Because right. once, the, once the momentum's gone, um, once it, people start feeling like the program's headed in the right direction, then the administration going to say, okay, we can't sell this anymore. What can we sell? We can sell hope with a new coach. Let's, let's go the hope route. It's worth however many millions of dollars it's going to cost. What do you do if you're Texas, man? I mean, that, you've tried everything it's, now. It's, Dude, that, it's it done. Promote Bo Davis, as far as I'm concerned. That's the only guy down there with the yeah with the guts uh, to lead those guys. So I don't think I, was, uh, I, I don't I think it'll ever. Guy, Bo Davis. Yeah, I, I am too. Because now I've said before, I don't know. Agree that he called, should have called everybody an MFer in the room, but um, he, he no, there's a time the message. And place, Trey, yeah. There's a time and a place. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, from a recruit standpoint, like, um, you know, sure, I want, yeah. I'm, I know one reason, like, you know, one reason probably, you know, Hunter Henry's been pretty vocal that he wouldn't have come to Arkansas if Bobby Petrino was right. head coach, and it's probably because he didn't want to be called an MFer, or, you know, his yeah. dad probably didn't want his son called an MFer. So I'm just, probably you know, not. so I'm, I'm just saying, like, from that standpoint, you know, but otherwise, the message still rings true, what he said. Um, and Texas has got some problems, and they, they like, they really need to like do what he said and encourage some players to move on out of there and bring some guys in with a different attitude because, uh, in my you can't opinion, replace the coach. So that's right. the only chance you've got left. That's the only option you've got. You've got a clean house personnel wise. You're you're and absolutely you can't fire right. Sark after no. after one 
But I do wonder, like, and I think back to like when Bobby Petrino, his first year, and you know, Arkansas went through that stretch where they played Texas and Alabama and Florida and just got their butts kicked over and over again. Texas just slaughtered them. And Joe Adams said, Coach, it was like they were mad at us. And I remember reading an article from our Texas side on Rivals, and it called um, Arkansas, the, the, dumpster, the dumpster fire that is Arkansas football. And I remember thinking, it's his first year. You know, he's, he's totally changing the system and everything, and you're going to call it a dumpster fire. Um, and to me, that was totally different than what Texas has going on right now. To me, what Texas has going on right now is a lot of quitting. And Arkansas never really quit that year. They were just young, inexperienced, transitioning, you know, trying to figure some stuff out, playing a bunch of young players. Texas, to me, there's no excuse ever for losing a game in Austin or anywhere really, but especially in Austin to Kansas and what Kansas mm-hmm. football is. That's no offense to your wife. I know she's yeah, right. a Kansas girl, but she was fired up about it. I bet. I was happy for her. But I sent you yeah, a rock that, chalk. You did. You did. I passed it on. I Good. passed it on. But the 20, uh, uh, 2008 Arkansas team, you think about the second half of that year, you had a one-point loss to Kentucky, mm-hmm. a two-point loss to Ole Miss, beat Tulsa. Right. Uh, you, know, you barely lost to South Carolina. Mississippi State was a three-point game. And then you won yeah, the Miracle season finale. Too. You go out on a high note. And Texas is nowhere near, you yeah. know, trending in an up. They're just – they're not. It's direction. not the same. Yeah. I mean, Arkansas – the first half of Arkansas season that year and the second half were, two, were, you know, two totally different. And it wasn't like there wasn't strife and turmoil. I mean, you remember Casey right. Dick got benched for his, for his brother. I mean, there yeah, was right. there were still people that, uh, you know, didn't know how they felt about this Bobby Petrino guy. But I remember they came in just – they were on everybody's ass, like – start yep. to finish and uh they carried a lot of momentum into the offseason i remember the first play the next year was a touchdown return by dennis johnson very first play of the season which That's i always right. think is a good indicator of how the season's going to go <laughs> i think this year it might have been a fumble though was it <laughs> what didn't ladarius fumble uh, it or something? yeah i think i think and they got they, 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 they got they it put it on the ground yeah yep. yeah so maybe not it, always it, a great it turned around though it, it turned did. around. I can't believe where they're at right now. So you know, it's um, it's it's insane to say, and I keep saying you'll drive yourself crazy. But man, if that two point conversion against Ole Miss goes right. in, or not goes in, but is completed, um, they're in control of their own destiny right now, and they're playing Alabama for the lead. You know, in the Western Division, right. it's that close. I mean, it's that close. Still probably wouldn't feel much better about the chances this no. weekend. I don't know about you, but still, to be in that position in mid-November, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it'll be later November on the 20th this mm-hmm. week. So, yeah, that'd be a good spot to be in. Hey, but, but uh, if we're doing something, Danny, that you can't, you're not supposed to ever do, which is compare scores, you know, LSU almost got them in Tuscaloosa, and Arkansas beat LSU. Texas A&M got them, and Arkansas beat Texas A&M. So, therefore, Arkansas is better go. than uh, – in Alabama, right? You said it. <laughs> That's simple as that, man. But you can't top, you can't do top that 10 because total offense, top five total defense, top fifteen yeah. turnover margin, oh, yeah. and number one on third down. Good luck. Go get them, boys. Yeah, go get them. Hey, <laughs> this is their worst team, and maybe ever besides Saban's first one down there. Go get them. What's my favorite Houston nut quote? Somebody turn up the heat. <laughs> Gotta have it. Haterade. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's that ball don't bounce straight up and down. That's my favorite one. You're right. You're right. You never know. Yeah. Never well, know. nobody, no self-respecting media person or talking head or anything is going to predict Arkansas to win this one. But 
Things happen in college football all the time. Crazy stuff happens. And we look at that top 25 and, you know, the top 10 or top five teams, and you're all, every year you're just like, oh, they got no chance. But you know what? Only one of those teams are going to come out. And um, a lot of times it's a one-loss team that loses somebody they shouldn't have and stuff like that. I mean, Alabama did. Nobody nobody thought Alabama was uh, going to lose in, in Texas A&M, at Texas A&M right after they had lost to Mississippi State, which Mississippi State, that's looking like a strong win right now. I mean, that was, a, it, that was a heck of a yeah. comeback. Yeah, you know, that's the one unfortunate thing about Arkansas. Uh, they caught good Bo Nix mm-hmm. on the wrong day. Mm-hmm. You know, he's so up and down. And, and Mississippi State, they were fortunate enough to catch the bad version of Bo Nix, I yeah. think. So, well, that's a big help. But, nobody's yeah. catching him the rest of the season, unfortunately, for him. He's that's he's right. out the rest of the year. You know, what's, what's kind of funny, Danny, we're sitting here and we're talking. We haven't even got to recruiting, but we're talking about what's going on in the world of college football. And the reason that I'm able to do that today is because I didn't travel. You know, I talked about this before. Uh, I didn't make the trip to, to, to Baton Rouge. I'm not saying I'm not going to make road trips, but I didn't do it this time. And, I, you know, there's always like, you know, kind of one game a year I, I do like to stay back for. Um, and I watched it on my big screen at home. My wife was gone. My daughter was gone. And I watched football start to finish all day. And I have not been able to do that really. Like for it, when it's a away game, and I talked about this and people are like, complaining about having to do your job. I'm not so sure that I don't do my job better when I don't have to travel to these games. Oh, I totally agree. I tell people all the time, if Trey didn't want me to go to all these games, I probably wouldn't. I mm-hmm. love being at home. Man, I, I mean, you're probably 90 seconds behind on average, I've found. Yeah. That's okay. You know, you're going you're gonna to catch up with the rest of the world, but that stats page – it's a really big help. It's a lot more detailed, and it's mm-hmm. you can you can have that available to you from anywhere. So, yeah. I was in Northwest Missouri, admittedly, over the weekend, covered a game from up there. So, mm-hmm. not a bad day for me either. Yeah. I, now, I home games, home fact. games are totally different to me, like because sure. that's I, like I mean, it's well, it takes me twenty minutes to get there, so I can sit here and watch football all day until you know an hour and a half before kickoff or whatever or the Razorback game, and then I go there and you know, watch the games from in there. I mean, that's that's a totally different deal. But the road games, just all the travel you have to do. Plus, you know, we have basketball starting up. So, Curtis had to, you know, do basketball stuff. I had to pick up a bunch of extra slack for, you know, some of our football content. But I don't know if I would have gotten it all done if I had to travel to Baton Rouge and back. So, but it was nice. I, I will say no, it was you're nice. You're always to, pretty wiped on, on Sundays when you get back from oh, somewhere. Yeah. So, and I, I can't blame you. I would be too. That's a lot of travel. So, yeah. I actually like it better when you don't go on the road it, it kind of makes everything a little smoother for all of us i think so it does maybe stick yeah. around biddy stick yeah around. we'll see i mean there's i mean there's places like i'm never going back to auburn screw that place i mean they they <laughs> did they put that terror like i've never felt so out of place like like unable to follow a game before than i have uh in auburn's press box i mean it's just it's awful they that put bad? it well they put it in the they moved it to the end zone on the same side as their big screen they don't have a big screen on the other side um and it's just it's you you can't it's just hard to cover the game it used to be you know like it used to be right there looking down you know you know pretty close right in the middle of the field I guess I don't expect to have it like right in the middle I just don't want to be off in the side in the end zone where as a media person it just makes it difficult to cover and you don't get a you can't get any kind of replay or anything it's just I thought it was awful 
I'm afraid that's where uh, the way stadiums might be headed, though, Trey. Yeah, maybe. You, know, you think about some of the new ones. I, I hope not. But Georgia's got a great that. press box. Georgia has a fantastic press box. Um, Arkansas has a fantastic press box. We are very lucky to have that, and I don't know if that will always be that way. But, um, you know, I've also thought about, Danny, you know, sometimes maybe if I go on these road games, instead of sitting in the press box – just going down so and getting a ticket and, and, you know, having the ability to go into the press box when I need to, but going and sitting in the stands the whole time because, you know, you also, like, there, I, I mentioned there was nobody home, right? <laughs> and, yeah, that's, the, that's yeah. the first key right there. Yeah, there was nobody to say, Trey, calm down, or, you know, right. language, or, you know, any, <laughs> any of that kind of stuff. And you can't you can't say anything in the press box, you know. It's just aside from you just like, hey, man, uh Arkansas really needs to get this uh, first down right here. You know, this might be <laughs> yeah. a ball game. You know, instead of yeah. like screaming. you and I seem to have quite the uh, the body language in there when it gets tight. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> things get a little bit tense. Yeah. All right, Danny, I've taken up a lot of your time, but what what can you tell us about what's going on here with recruiting? Sure, recruiting uh, real quick. Not a ton with the twenty two class. Uh, it's wrapping up pretty pretty soon, in my opinion. I've actually been getting a little bit of a head start on our national signing day uh, content on December 15th. So that's right around the corner, less than a month away. Uh, Looking ahead to next week, going to have a few, um, probably several big-time visitors in town, but a few that I'm already aware of. And Braxton Myers, a big-time four-star defensive back out of Texas. Uh, Charles Jagusa, big-time four-star offensive lineman out of Illinois, of Mm -hmm. all places. Shout-out to – I guess Myron Cunningham, you got him from Illinois. And Marquise Deal, another offensive lineman out of Texas. So just a few names to kind of get us started looking ahead to next week. Mm -hmm. It's going to be an interesting deal with the Friday game, of course. A lot of kids being knocked out of the playoffs. Maybe it opens up more opportunities with a 230 kick. Should set up pretty nicely if they want to bring in, you know, a, a solid group of visitors. I think that's one of the best chances they've had all year. So, um, looking forward to that one. Should be a pretty good group. So, it feels like we're almost just full steam ahead on 2023 now. I mean, yeah. I, I asked Sam Pittman the other day about it, and you know, with so many guys counting ahead, it, I mean, maybe they have one spot left or something, but. I guess they could always possibly borrow. Can't you just borrow forever? Like credit card? Yeah, can you, you, just continue? you can always borrow ahead. Yeah. You can. So. Now, sometimes it's not it's not pleasant because eventually you might have to pay for that. Mm-hmm. You know, but, yeah, it's kind of like a credit card. Don't put too much on it. So Yeah. Uh, well, they borrowed ahead three question, people, yeah. at least three of them in the last class. So Yeah. My thinking would be uh, set the number for, for the amount. If it's going to be three, then do it every year. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, you never have to play catch up. I would yeah. set it and leave it. Yeah, but that's a good to point. answer your question, yeah, they they could hold, uh, you know, pull a few from next year's class, as far as I know. All right, all right. Anything else to add, Danny? I'm good, buddy. Uh, yeah, I think I'm good. Uh, that pretty much covers a, a slow recruiting week so far. Yeah, but it's going to pick up here soon. We're not too far away from when is the early signing period? That's uh, December fifteenth is the first day and of course it's a three day period. Mm-hmm. They can sign up till midnight on that Friday. So uh, yeah. usually Wednesday, usually everybody jumps 15th. in though on uh yeah. Aside from maybe a few guys who hold out who want to have their own special day for an announcement yeah, or could, something like that. Could still be looking at a couple in January. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying the class will be completely done in, in December, but I would call it ninety, ninety five percent done. All right, Danny. Appreciate you, brother. All right, brother. Yeah. All right, everybody, that's Danny West. Again, you can follow Danny at Danny West 24-7 on Twitter. 
And if you want to read his content on hogsports.com, you will probably need a VIP subscription for most of that content. Again, it is just $1 right now at hawgsports.com. And while I'm mentioning that, be sure to sign up for our free text alerts and uh, our newsletter. You can go to hogsports.com. At the top right, if you hover over your name after you log in and stuff, uh, you should see how to access that. Both of those are free. We send all of our free content on our newsletter to your email inbox every morning. And anytime there's like big breaking news, like maybe a kickoff time is announced or there's a big commitment or somebody signs or something like that, then we usually send a newsletter. But for anything that's breaking, you know, no matter what it is, like a commitment or kickoff time, any of that kind of stuff, we also send that directly to your your phone. We don't spam you with anything other than uh, just sending breaking news. And, And that's not every day. You know, if there's nothing happening, we're not going to send anything. But, you know, there might be a week or two go by without any breaking news. Uh, but generally when there is, we're going to send you uh, we're going to send you a text alert and give you a link back to the uh, to the article if you want to read it. OK, let's see what we got for questions. We've gone about half an hour here. Seems about right. Put about 10 minutes worth into questions here. And kicking it off this person says there's no sound but everybody else seems to think there is sound so maybe that's you randy (laughs) great one time i was just like man why can't i get any sound going i had my i had my headphones plugged into the side jason norton says was the illegal formation call on fourth down legit I don't remember if it was legit. I assume it was. I think they said Knox maybe wasn't lined up on the line of scrimmage. You know, the one that really kind of bugged was like uh, Simeon Blair. When Simeon goes up to the line, when they were called for, you know, too many men in the neutral zone, I think it was in the first half, or too many men, you know, not too many men in the neutral zone. Somebody was lined up, you know, in the neutral zone. And it was Simeon, and, you know, he never looked at the ball. He just went up, and the guy's lined up off the line of scrimmage, and he goes up on press on him, and he's just – you wish somebody would have said, hey, Simeon, get back. Um but the illegal formation, I need to go back and look at that one because I, I watched the first half yesterday and then I watched the second half after the game Saturday. So I need to go back and look at that. Corey Weir says, great show. Enjoy the work you put in for Hog Contact Fun here. And Danny Keith, Wilk, when you have them on, appreciate that, Corey Weir. Corey Weir, I guess, yeah, W-E-I-R. Um, and, again, I'm not sure when Curtis will be doing his show because there is a basketball game on Wednesday. I guess Thursday, maybe we double up and have two shows on Thursday with the uh, primer and the uh, – by the way, primer. This is another complaint I keep getting. So, there's there, – I think there's some people that have confused, like, that I'm saying, like, talking about, like, a textbook-style thing where it's pronounced primer. But if you notice the font, it's like paint. It's a primer. Like the primer, that's a metaphor. The primer you put on before the actual paint goes on, which the paint is the game. The primer is the primer. We're priming you for the game. So it's not primer, just to make that clear. Because I have had like a few people like, hey, just want to point this out to you. Respectfully, you know, love the show, but it's pronounced primer. But no, we're talking about primer, the paint, the pre-paint. Jeremy... I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna try it. F a r q u h a r s o n. I always watch these, but this is the first time I've actually been able to watch live. Appreciate you joining in live, Jeremy. Brian Webb says, "Glad you survived your spooky walk and talk." That's part of the charm of the walk and talk. I have to, you know, there's like the aspect of. And I was talking about this in the media room actually today, but there's the aspect of me getting lost in the stadium a little bit. People seem to enjoy that. 
And I always confuse myself that which, because I'm, you know, looking in the camera walking, I'm like, did I get off on the right level? So I always confuse myself on that. And then, um, you know, almost getting hit by a car when uh, I crossed the street there at the end. And this one was just kind of like, I don't know, I was, I was more thinking like more than I'd get abducted or something. It was like a bear comes out. <laughs> I guess bears are hibernating. Bears hibernating now? I don't know. But yeah, it was, uh, I think this week, because I'm not going to Tuscaloosa either. I think this week I may drive over to that area and turn my car on and shine my lights and then walk back to my car. I think that might be the ticket to get me lit up. I had a I had a flashlight in my pocket the whole time and I just it looked too Blair Witch. Matt Bounce says I'm still confused why on third down we aren't just throwing Burks' direction, letting him go find it. I, I agree with that. He's going to cash 50% of the time, which is much better conversion rate than these dink and dunk one yard passes on third and eight. Which you know the things that I didn't agree with mostly on the on the screens uh, on those play calls is like you know why go to the short side of the field with Blake Kern. You know why is that the guy that you're screening it to? Because the screens should have worked and they didn't. So obviously you got to start thinking. Well, maybe we should just abandon this. It's not working. They're not blocking it. There were times, you know, where I mentioned Dalton Wagner should have had a block. Myron Cunningham should have had a block. You know, they make those and you get you get a nice play. But they weren't. It just weren't blocking him. And Pittman is the one that mentioned that. You know, so I go back and watch. So anyway. How many points against Alabama? I don't know. I'm not ready to go there yet, Bob. I do think that I'm not. I'm not saying Arkansas is going to win, but I, I feel like it's their best shot at, at Alabama in a number of years this year. And a large reason because Arkansas is better, not just because Alabama is not quite Alabama. Georgia's more Alabama than Alabama this year. Tim Eskew says I'll have to watch this on YouTube. Be kind, Mr. Betty. I haven't even brought you up. Tim, but Tim did say uh, Tim doesn't like me um, blaming the officials, but uh, and I appreciate you watching Tim. Um, uh, but I don't. I'm again. I'm not like I'm not Sam Pittman. I'm not a player on the team. I'm covering the team, and I see things that to me are concerning with SEC officiating. I'm not blaming the officials for a loss in this case, Arkansas won. I'm just saying like. When I see something that, like, needs to be corrected, and it's not just Arkansas, but, like, that Kentucky game, the Kentucky game last week where the Tennessee dude, I mean, almost rips the guy's helmet off, and the refs don't call it. That's to me, is a level of incompetence. Like, you don't see that kind of stuff in the NFL. And to me, Arkansas – excuse me, the, the SEC should have the second-best officials next to the NFL in, in the world. And – it's not even close, and we see week after week in this conference where officials make massive choices, game-changing type of, of uh, flags that are not warranted or are seen incorrectly, and part of the reason is because they don't have full-time referees, and they're not held to the standard of accountability that they need to be held to, and it's something that we've been complaining about for years and years, and it's not just, I'm not just like pointing out like Arkansas, you haven't heard me say Arkansas has lost a game because of the officials. Now, I've pointed out instances where the officials didn't help, or maybe they played a factor, and many factors, and I know you can't leave it up to officiating. I know you've got to take care of your own business, but like against Auburn, the end of the game last year, that was decided by the officials making awful calls. Awful calls. And, again, I know, like, you have to assume the officials are going to make bad calls, but that still doesn't make it right. 
I'm not blaming referees for officiating, but I'm going to point out when I see something that I think is egregious or just poorly um, – what was the game I was watching the other day? I think it was Auburn. No. Who was it? It was, it was an SEC team. But anyway, there's a miscommunication on the route, and the quarterback throws it. The, the, the wide receiver doesn't break on it. There's nobody, like, in danger of sacking him. And the referee throws a flag for intentional grounding. I mean, that's just a poor application of the rule. And you don't see that. Now, I'm not saying the NFL is perfect. They obviously make mistakes. I mean, anybody in New Orleans knows the Saints probably were cost a chance to go to the Super Bowl. But they are so rare that you say, you know what? Mistakes are going to happen. You know, these guys are doing a good job. They're humans. They're going to make mistakes. But – to me, it's just like every single game, every single game you watch, and so many times it happens at critical moments where the game is decided. And in that Auburn game this year, I'm not again, I'm not saying the refs cost them, but like there's no way in hell that should have been called a pass interference on third and six where Arkansas had to have a stop. They had to have a stop there. Otherwise, the game is over. They had to have a stop. And they threw a fast pass interference flag on a ball that's seven feet out of bounds. That doesn't make me like a victim mentality. Again, I'm not Sam Pittman, and I'm not, I'm not a player on the team. I'm a media person covering the Razorbacks, maybe with something more invested than a regular media person. I don't know. I don't know how you want to view that. But I try to call it like I see it on everything. And that is something that I take a lot of pride in. You know, I want to get on here and tell you what I see. I don't even think about it like, how am I going to stay this? How am I going to construct this for people to make this easier to digest? I'm just going to come out and say it. And then when I'm done or before I'm done, one way or the other and both, I'm going to go see those people that I'm critiquing and that I'm having an opinion about. And I'm going to talk to them face to face. And a lot of times they're going to know what I've said. And there are a lot of people out there, talking heads, that have the strongest. You find, go out and find people on radio or TV or something that have the strongest, angriest, most pointed opinion about a team or a player or something like that. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you they never leave that studio. They never go to a press conference. They never talk to anybody face-to-face. I guarantee you, anybody you're out there like, this guy, this guy is a realist. You know, he's got a super negative opinion. He's always complaining about something. I guarantee you he never looks a coach face-to-face, eye-to-eye. He never looks a player face-to-face, eye-to-eye. And that's something – I'm not, like, bragging. I'm just saying that's what I do. That's what I try to bring to the table here, okay? I'm going to tell you how I feel about something. I'm not going to try to construct something. I'm not going to try to, like, have some hot take to get a bunch of views. I'm just going to tell you how I feel. And then I'm going to go talk to those people face-to-face, sit in the press conference and ask questions. What happens to Frost? I think Frost got the uh, vote of confidence. I don't think they're firing him. Nick McMinn says, in my humble opinion, I think this was the best defensive game plan from Barry Odom so far. I love seeing the blitzes. You know, and I'll say this because Kendall Browse has caught a lot of flack, but look at Alabama against LSU. Alabama put up 20 points against LSU. Alabama at home. It's not always – again, those screen classes, they probably should have worked. Now, maybe they should have come off of them a little bit sooner, but they, they probably should have worked. A lot of it's sometimes just the other team. LSU's got talent. I don't care if they're missing a bunch of players or not. they got talent. Don Eldred said for the game announcers, I think the remote coverage has been as good as in person. 
for the game announcers, I think remote coverage has not been as good as in person. Have you noticed any difference in your coverage? Not sure what explains the difference. For the, for the game announcers, now the game announcers need to be at the game. I think fully, 100%, you can absolutely tell when they're not there. But they were there Saturday. I thought Tom Hart and um, Cole Kubelek, Kubelek did it. I thought they did a good job covering the game. Um, but basketball, football, you can absolutely tell when they're not there because they'll have poor takes. They'll uh, get players' names wrong repeatedly. But I don't know if that's been the case for football this year. I think they've been – I can't remember a game where they weren't there this year. Jonathan Parker says, I think Trey Knox got hosed on the unsportsmanlike call and the spot for first down on the flip. Now, I will say this, and I agree with Sam Pittman, but I will say this. You can't give the refs any reason whatsoever to throw a flag because it kind of goes back to that thing, you know, the refs <laughs> the refs are going to be the refs. But I still fully believe that, first of all, they should have thrown a personal foul flag against LSU because that dude had him by the collar five yards – Six, seven yards out of bounds, feet, I should say, not yards, out of bounds, and wouldn't let go of him, like shoving him into their own bench. And then the the ref goes with it. I mean, he's just looking at Knox like the whole time and then guides him through three LSU players, has his hand on his back, like guiding him through a crowd of LSU players. Now, did he go through a little boisterous? Sure. I don't think that he was going to check the dude that hard, but Roy, if you notice the defensive tackle, probably outweighs him by 80 pounds. Roy bounced back into him, and he took a little, you know, kind of a bounce off like that and, you know, personal foul, which shouldn't have been thrown. If it was thrown, it should have been offsetting, which is what I said initially. But that's a drive killer right there. But you can't give him – I mean, you can't give him any reason to do something like that. But at the same time, like, what's he supposed to do? Just stand there and let him just pinball it and just shove him out of bounds? One of my favorite lines from Karate Kid 3 – Karate Kid 3 – is uh, when Danielson refuses to fight and the dude goes, you don't have to fight. You can just stand there and let him kick your ass. Kevin Medlin says, is Odom getting a head coach job next year? It's possible. I don't know. I don't know what job he would get. I mean, both those guys have come up as possibilities for, for head coaching jobs, and that's going to happen as long as they're here. I don't think that either one of them will leave for a position job, for a coordinator job. I mean – I don't know. It would have to be a pretty blue blood situation. But I think for both of those guys, their next move out of Arkansas is probably a head coach job on some level. Ethan Roberts says, hey, Trey, I've seen too many people calling for Browse's head, and it really irks me. What are your thoughts? I I just gave my thoughts. I think that, um, you know, I, I don't expect perfection from Kendall Browse. I think he's a really, really good offensive coordinator. And, again, like, are we calling for um, – Bill O'Brien's head at Alabama because they only put up 20 points against LSU at home. Is Bill O'Brien suddenly a bad coach? Lance Walker says, seems like opposing defense trying to get under Burks' skin by rough – oh, there's no question they're they're getting – they're. you can see him a little bit more being a little more aggressive, like shugging people off of him and stuff. But it seems like uh, opposing defense trying to get under Burke's skin, rough him up a little bit, went out of bounds. Now, out of bounds, like something's got to be done about these kicker nets because I've seen a couple of times this year where, um, you know, players run into that kicker net. And I think what happened with Burks, I couldn't tell 100%, but, you know, the the metal that goes around, I feel like maybe his knee got kind of bent underneath it. Like the metal was right here in his knee, and I think that's what maybe got him a little bit. 
Adam Johnson said, are we going to have 4-D linemen against Bama this weekend? The depth chart looks like that's what it is showing. Uh, don't pay attention to that. First of all, that depth chart doesn't mean anything. But they ran both against LSU, and I think it's the first time we've seen them. You know, they, they practice both, but it's like it's either been the three-man front or the four-man front. And this time, this time we saw the four-man front and the three-man front. We saw some more pressure also. So I think it probably makes sense against Alabama to do that again, to mix it up. Mark Douglas says, I see so many players on other teams do little dances and other extracurricular celebrations. No flag. It irritates me. I, I, I totally agree with that. And the referees are also dramatically inconsistent when it comes to celebration. I've seen players celebrating with fans and no flag. Ole Miss two times on two Ole Miss touchdowns against Arkansas. Apparently, you can spin the ball, and that's fine to do now, too. No, it's not. It's not fine. You can't, it's, it's against the rules to do that. And it's also been pretty inconsistent on targeting. Like sometimes, like in, early in the year, it's like there was this big emphasis on targeting. Now it's like, eh, we're going to call. Did, he, did you guys see the Auburn hit? Like, I mean, I guess technically it's a head or neck contact. I didn't think it was forcible contact. Um, but the Auburn defender uh, hit, Mississippi, hit Will Rogers uh, on a sack. And it was a huge play in the game. Face mask to face mask. Face mask. He didn't like spear, lunge like that. Didn't lower the crown of his helmet. Hitting face mask to face mask. Made a great play. And it's targeting. And he's ejected for the game. And it's a first down for Mississippi State. I just thought that was – whatever happened to like see what you hit? I don't know. I get player safety and everything. But, man, that's a tough one right there. To me, like when you're talking about in in that area, I just I just don't I don't I don't I don't see how that's that's targeting. Like, are you trying to hurt him? No, you're trying to tackle him. That's it. Well, Bohanna says Trey. Well, Bonham says Trey. What does this year remind you of? 2006 season at all when we upset number two Auburn? I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's kind of been a different year. I don't know if it reminds me of any year specifically. Maybe 2014, but they're better than the 14 team. The 14 team should have won some games. 14 teams could have beat Alabama. They played with them at one point. They should have beaten Texas A&M. You know, maybe, maybe it reminds me of that team a little bit better, but maybe on the right side of a few of those games more than the other team was. That team also, you know, blanked LSU, blanked Ole Miss – Won seven games total. Will Bonham says, hey, Trey, does this year remind you of the oh, – I just said that, didn't I? Josh Wilbank says, I think Sam Pittman is on is the man for Arkansas. He certainly seems like it now. And Jeremy says it's pronounced Farkasson. Farkasson. Farkasson? Farkasson. Jeremy Farkasson. <laughs> Will Bonham says we're going to beat Bama by 19 points. I'll have some of what you're having. Gary Davis says, love the defensive variety in front's blitzing this weekend. Incredible. That begs the question, where has this variety been all year? I think it just it depends on the team that you're playing. You know, they didn't they didn't have as mobile a quarterback uh, as Arkansas has faced most points. They didn't have a team, you know, like Mississippi State that's just throwing it, throwing it, throwing it. It just made sense, you know. Rob Hopper says, Blair Witch. Yeah, Blair Witch. It's been a while since you've seen that one. Jimbo James Hamilton says, do you have a report on hurt players? Um, I don't – Pittman's not going to really answer on hurt players. Tyson Morris went back in and Debbie on Warren did too, I believe. But I don't remember anybody else going down that were like, you know, 
didn't allow them to go back in. Gary Davis says in the offensive play calling this weekend was terrible. They were blitzing the middle linebacker every play with a five-man front, which meant it should have left the middle of the field wide, wide open. What it should have done is left the screen game open. When they're blitzing like that, screens and draws, screens and draws. I don't think it should have left the middle of the field wide open. I mean, I guess on passing, uh, there's some times where they could have could have thrown it and, um, you know, as you said, you know, give it 50-50 to trailing Burks. But the screen game should have worked. It didn't because they didn't block it up well. Um, but if they do a better job blocking, then they kill them on the screen all day long. John Sullivan says, I wish they would have just had KJ catch and throw instead of the play fakes facing that much pressure. Robert Murphy says there was a ton – Tons of concerning things in the game, bad spots, no call. There was a few times where I thought the spot was really poor. No call on Adams that other side calls. Kevin Venable says, what is Catalan Silas? Is he going to make it back to the field? No, Catalan's done for the year and probably done in a Razorback uniform. He even tweeted during the game that Arkansas is in good hands with uh, Miles Slusher, which kind of makes me think that maybe easing people into his decision. Which I can't blame Catalan. I think, you know, he's going to get drafted. Mike Posey says, I don't know why the spot of the ball and that third down play was not reviewed. He landed on his back. The line began. I, I agree. I thought it was thought it was the first down, too. Keith Bulger says, SEC rests suck. Knox had the first down. Easy. No review. Sam should have challenged. Josh Wilbank says, I think the refs got something against the Razorbacks because we get bad calls just about every game. Now, I, I don't necessarily agree with that, Josh. What I do think is that more so there is a level of incompetence than like a vendetta against Arkansas or something like that, okay? Because I see it all the time, game after game. And that's something – I mean, it's it's pretty universal in this conference. Now, you can say there's an Alabama privilege and all that kind of stuff, and maybe there is. Maybe Alabama gets a little bit of benefit of the doubt. It feels like it sometimes. But I really think overall um, – there's just there's there's been a level of incompetence that shows up too much and it's accepted and it's almost like the SEC office just kind of well we'll you know we'll just it'll blow over you know next news cycle or whatever it'll blow over I think this is a mark on Greg Sankey to be honest because it's so obvious in this day and age with all the cameras and all the replay and stuff and you know people's access to opinions and stuff like that and Sankey has done some really good things for this conference but this is a black eye to me for him to not do something until he does something I think he's getting this wrong and I don't, I don't hate Greg Sankey. I know a lot of people, you know, hate him and all this stuff, and that's just comes with the job. I think he does a good job overall, but I think he's, I think he's getting this wrong. I think he's got to do something. I think we need to look at like full time referees, getting guys that maybe have been in the NFL. They should have the best officiating in the country outside the NFL. No question. There's no question about it, and that's not what's happening. Okay, let's see if we got anything else. Uh, we got a lot of officiating things. <laughs> Cam Little in the D1 this game, Marcus Elliott. I had to bring that up to Marcus Elliott. He was giving me a hard time because I was like, yeah, I kicked some in high school. More in junior high. I played both ways, so I didn't end up kicking much. We had, uh, had a different guy. You know, when I would kick also, like – I don't know what it was, but, like, my, the front of my leg, the front of my shin on the right side, whatever that muscle that called, it would, like, fatigue really quickly. Like, where I w- had had trouble, like, 
working my foot. I don't know what it was, but if I kicked a lot, like in pregame, I'd notice like, man, muscles kind of feels fatigued. Chris Light says, so I think we're going to win eight games this year. And then maybe a bowl game, but we lose a lot of people next year. So we're liable to get back to six or seven wins. Wouldn't you agree, Jay? I mean, right now on the service, Chris, I, I think that there's absolutely a chance that they take a bit of a step back next year. And I hope people can understand that what this team was with having all these super seniors and stuff like that. And this is still a building process. But um, I think they'll continue to build forward, even if next year there might be a little bit of a, a step back. But still got a lot. they still got a lot coming back. I worry about the wide receiver position. You know, I think uh, I think there's some things to be encouraged about this team too with some young guys, but um, I worry about secondary, cornerback. You know, there's some spots, but um, we'll see. Cody Hamlin says, I don't think people realize how big of a win. Oh, I don't think people realize how big a win that was. LSU had nothing to lose. Their D, everything they had. Why is this jumping so bad? I guess swim towards the end. Yeah, I, I, two. All right, I'm going to work from the bottom. Mitch Williams says that was an ugly win, the kind of win we would have lost in the past. LSU said, I don't think it was an ugly win. I think it was beautiful. I loved the game. I, I didn't ever feel good about it. Lance Walker says he played at Sheridan too. Go Jackets. Go Jackets. Jonathan Parker says, do you think Keytron was has hit the freshman wall? What about Stevenson getting some game some game looks at wide receiver? Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that more and more. Um, I don't know if Keytron's hit the fashion wall, but he, they just never gotten him going for some reason. They need him. They really need him. They need Isaiah Satania. They need Cody McAdoo. Um, Cody McAdoo. Quincy McAdoo. Sorry. But they need those guys, those freshman receivers. I mean, they need some help at wide receiver next year because Burks is almost certainly going to be gone. All right. Do I think KJ will stay with Arkansas after this year? Was just a redshirt sophomore, so I mean technically he could leave if he wanted to, but and go pro or transfer. Anybody could transfer any any moment, but I don't think that's happening. I think KJ will be back next year. I guarantee it. How about that? All right, everybody, we're gonna wrap it up. Went a little bit longer, but I went on a couple tangents there, so went a bit longer than I had planned to. But anyway, I want to uh, I want to thank all of you guys for tuning in and subscribe to Hogsports.com if you haven't done so. Again. If you like this show, if you want to support what we do, just know that like this isn't we're not trying to make a bunch of money doing this YouTube show. I'm promoting the website. Go check out the website. You're gonna like what you find there. You're gonna love our Razors X community, the content that we produce, Curtis Wilkerson's insight and breakdowns on basketball, Danny West recruiting. I like I think you like what what I do behind the scenes too on the VIP side of things. So go check us out there at hogsports.com, H A W G Sports. Leave us a five star review on uh, on Apple Podcasts. Post a thumbs up on YouTube, follow on Facebook, all those good things. And we'll be back with you guys on Thursday for our primer. And Curtis Wilkerson, I don't know if he'll do Hog Hoops Live this week or maybe he does a stand-up after the basketball game on Wednesday, something like that. But uh, we'll have something from Curtis this week, uh, I would expect. So, all right, everybody, appreciate you joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.